Hello and welcome to ASA Reads. Today we'll be reading five ghost stories from Reddit. Story 1 Never mess with a Ouija board When I was 15, Paranormal Activity the film came out. My friend and I decided to try the Ouija board. We spoke to this guy named Frank and I remember he used to say messed up things like my mum is standing behind you, she doesn't like you, I'll overdose on pills, just weird stuff like that. But my friend and I both thought we were messing with each other to try and freak each other out. A few weeks later I was sleeping in bed. I had a shelf above my bed head that had my graduate teddy from primary school sitting on top. That teddy has sat there for years without being moved. And there was a dresser with a mirror at the end of my bed. I woke up to the teddy falling on top of my head and when I would wake, I would wake up looking directly into the mirror. There I saw a girl brushing her hair in front of my dresser. I rubbed my eyes numerously and instead of her disappearing, she became more clear. The more I stared, it was like I was looking at myself when I was even younger as she had thick auburn hair but was wearing a very old style of nightgown. I soon realised it wasn't. I hid under the covers and after checking numerous times to see if she was gone, she finally disappeared. It fully freaked me out. Anyway, we stopped doing the board and did other things that normal teenagers do. I never told anybody about what I saw, bar a few friends, but I put it down that I was seeing things and was still dreaming. Fast forward 11 years. I'm now 26. I picked up my sister and was driving her home. She randomly starts talking about when my friend and I played the board. She's like, Jose, my other sister, and I swear you brought something into the house. I shrug, and I'm like, why would you think that? And she's like, we used to wake up seeing a girl brushing her hair in front of us. I slammed on the brakes and I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, she didn't say or do anything. She just brushes her hair. And then I fessed up that I'd saw her too, but I thought I was dreaming. Anyway, we both hadn't seen her for many years, which I consider lucky, because I don't want anything in the house. But I must admit that it does still freak me out and I really don't want to have to see her again. The moral of the story is don't mess with a Ouija board. It's legit, and if my sisters and I all saw the same ghost, you may invite something in who you may never want in your house. Story 2. My life was saved by a ghost. My boyfriend of five years has crushed on me for probably 12 or 13 years. He was two grades below me and was a bad boy, while I was popular and in all college level classes, so I wasn't aware he existed until I met him at my dad's business about seven years ago. He apparently talked about me being his dream girl, and he was teased that this would never happen. So in 2009, he and his best friend, I'll call him Josh, were getting into pills due to Josh's grandfather being an amputee. He was unable to hide his medications, thus leaving large amounts of methadone, clonopin and hydrocodone lying round. This was before the opiate crisis that affected my generation deeply in the last 15 years. Two days before Christmas 2009, 
Josh overdosed in the bedroom that my boyfriend is currently staying in. The room has never felt spooky, never anything strange about it. But I've had a few pranks pulled on me that we believe Josh does to basically congratulate my boyfriend on being with the woman he waited for. I've woken up to sticky notes completely covering my body, my drinks poured on the floor and random objects where I exit the bed so that I step on them first thing in the morning. I swear I've even heard giggling. Each time I've angrily asked my boyfriend if he was messing with me and I know when he's lying but he always says no. We like to think that this is Josh playing practical jokes, something that he was known for. But this is nothing compared to what Josh did for me in 2017. That wasn't a prank. It saved my life. Four years ago, I went into anaphylactic shock. I lost all ability to speak or move my lower body. I was upstairs with a curved and steep staircase separating me from my phone. I remember crawling to the stairs, knowing that it could be fatal if I smashed into the wall that the stairs led to before the turn with very large steep steps. I know I was extremely oxygen deprived, but I immediately saw Josh and two of my deceased friends ascend the stairs and carry me to the living room couch with my nebulizer and cell phone. I called 911 but I had no voice. My friends were gone except Josh. He told me he was going to wake my boyfriend from the hammock in my backyard. And suddenly my boyfriend dreamed of his friends saying that I was in trouble. My boyfriend woke up and came running into the house. By this point I was dying. I could no longer use any part of my body and no air came into my lungs when I inhaled. I remember thinking of my daughter and praying her father would navigate my loss to her and keep the memories of me alive. I struggled to remain conscious. I was fading. My boyfriend saw the 911 operator on the phone and my sweaty blue body. He told them he didn't think I was breathing but by some absolute miracle, there was an ambulance just passing my neighbourhood. The hospital and dispatch were over 30 minutes away. This coincidence, plus my boyfriend's sudden premonition that I needed help, saved my life. Josh and those EMTs saved my life. I remember an EMT asking my boyfriend if I had overdosed, and I thought of how Josh had died. I was blabbering on about dead people saving me after a large amount of epinephrine, so no wonder they thought I was high. The doctors and the EMT were baffled at how I managed to get down those stairs or even stay alive long enough to get help. I had one bruise on my leg that was tiny. That was it. And the worst headache I've ever had. Turns out I'm allergic to the latex in spray paint. I just told them I slid down the stairs, but that is not how I remember it. The weird thing is, I'd never met Josh when he was alive. I don't know how I recognised him or hallucinated him, but he looked exactly like the picture I was shown afterwards. I've had a lot of paranormal encounters in my life, but my run-in with Josh saved my life and he never even knew me. So thanks Josh for giving me more time on this earth and I wish we had met those many years before. I do hope he is resting peacefully, just periodically checking in on us. New York on an old estate on the Lake Erie shore. I rented the carriage house of an old mansion that a doctor and his wife owned. The doctor was an open heart surgeon and they were a well-to-do couple with multiple properties so they just went around that often. I liked the solitude of the place 
Having just gotten divorced, and although the carriage house was slightly decrepit, I loved living there. The mansion looked over the lake, and my house was closer to the road, off a private drive that went from one side of the estate to the other. The carriage house had been the servants' quarters for whoever lived in the mansion at the turn of the 12th century. There was an enclosed courtyard outside my door that was bordered by the back of my house, a carriage barn, a row of empty horse stalls, and a brick wall with an entrance to the courtyard. It was a very cool place to live. The rent was cheap and there was a private 150-foot beach that was hardly ever used by anybody but me. But it was very isolated. If there was nobody staying in the mansion and there weren't any close neighbours because all the houses along the roads were big estates and a lot of the rich people living there weren't full-time residents. But I was young and brave and it was a big estate full of decaying spookiness and I'm a weirdo that likes that kind of stuff. So I was overjoyed to find the place. One night I was coming home late, around 1am from a friend's house. Driving down a street a mile or two from my house I saw a dark figure up ahead standing close to the road. I thought that was kind of odd because it was late at night on a weekday, not exactly party time in the Buffalo South Towns. I started to get a little nervous because the person was standing as if they were waiting for someone to pick them up and as I got closer I could see they were wearing an unusual black shroud-like thing, long, dark and draped with part of it wrapped over the person's head to look like a hood. It was similar to someone wearing a hijab although much looser, like a bunch of material just wrapped around someone's body. It seemed totally inappropriate to what I knew of the people that lived in the area to see anybody wearing those type of things, and certainly not outside at one o'clock in the morning on a weekday. The person was just standing by the road looking stooped over and old. I slowed down to a crawl as I approached, worried that the person might need help. Maybe it was an old senile person that had walked out of their house in the middle of the night and were confused. When I got close enough to really see the person, she lifted her head and looked my way, and I saw that it was my ex-mother-in-law. I was absolutely positively sure it was her. The same grey-brown hair, the same eyes, the same enigmatic smile that had always made me wonder what she was thinking about but not saying. She raised her hand and waved at me, not a stop and help me type of wave, but more of a gosh it's good to see you type of wave. It scared the hell out of me. My mother-in-law had died three years previous to when I was driving that, down that road. I sped up but kept driving, my hands shaking on the steering wheel. But after a few minutes and a few deep breaths, I told myself I should go back and take another look. My mother-in-law had loved me. I couldn't imagine her ghost would appear seeking revenge on me for her divorce for divorcing her son, who had not treated me well to say the least. I drove in a square by making left turns and went down the same road again but there was no one there. I was too freaked out to go back to my spooky carriage house with the weird sounds and hundred year old history, with nobody there but me and the ghosts. So I drove to an all night Greek diner and sat there for an hour drinking coffee and calming my nerves. When I finally drove home and into the courtyard I could see that something was wrong. The door was standing open, glass windows broken, the door was cracked almost all the way through from one side to the other. Someone had destroyed the door to get into the house. The next day I found a crowbar thrown off to the side of the courtyard. 
The only things I noticed missing from the house were a few pieces of my clothing, super creepy, a jar of loose change and a knife from the kitchen. I was just divorced and not exactly rich. I didn't have much worth stealing. It's very scary when someone breaks into the house when you live all by yourself in an isolated spot. They must have driven right into the courtyard and would have needed to be hidden from view while they broke down the door. I called the cops but they never caught anybody. With all the upset of the break-in, it wasn't until hours later that I remembered seeing my dead mother-in-law waving at me from the side of the road, dressed like the Grim Reaper. I'm convinced that she somehow appeared to delay me from going home. That if I had driven straight into the carriage house, whoever the person or persons were who had broken my solid wood, hundred-year-old door practically in half with a crowbar, might have still been there waiting for me, and I could have surprised them. Things might have turned out very differently, and maybe very badly for me. Now I write fictional horror stories, I even wrote a whole ghost story novel, but this story is 100% real life true. I swear on my ex-mother-in-law's grave that it really happened. You might even say that seeing, my, seeing the mum by the side of the road that night is the reason why I write these scary stories. So it's my recommendation that people should be nice to their mother-in-laws. They might even help you out after they've died. Story 4 Something is attached to me. The Old Farmhouse In this house, I experienced the most paranormal activity. My parents and younger brother all witnessed these events, so I know they are true. My dad is a cop, and at this point was working all of the terrible rotating shifts that all new rookies would be given. This meant that my mum was often at home alone with us kids, especially at night. Little things started happening at first. Picture frames would swing on the walls like someone had brushed their hands against them. Lights would go on and off for no reason. We would hear footsteps upstairs when no one else was home, and our dog would get locked in random rooms without any explanation. The first truly terrifying experience we had was when my brother was around three. He was tucked in for the night while my mum and I watched TV. He'd gone into his room with my mum to say goodnight and had watched her close the window, place the rocking chair near his bed, close the door and turn off the lights. We went down to the TV and heard whimpering noises coming from the baby monitor she had in his room. As we listened more, we heard a loud shriek and some banging noises. We both rocked it up from the couch and ran to his room. The light was on. The rocking chair was now next to the open window, rocking backwards and forth, and the door was wide open too. I had never seen my mum more terrified. My brother was fast asleep under the covers and was far too small to ever move the rocking chair by himself. After that night, I had terrible night terrors, where I would wake up everyone screaming and throwing things. I would sleepwalk and talk to somebody in my closet called Sally and would hear voices all day every day. My parents witnessed objects moving round me with no visible cause, would hear the voices talking back to me while I was sleepwalking and would hear me talking in a low guttural voice that was not my own. The event that made us move was when we had gone out for groceries in midwinter after a fresh snowfall. We were about an hour getting groceries so there was enough snow to cover all of our footprints. My dad had closed and locked the front door 
had turned off the lights and, because it was winter, the windows were all closed and locked. Some of the windows were even painted shut. When we got back from groceries, every single window was open. Music was blasting from the stereo, the front door was off its hinges and all of the lights were on. At this point, my dad told us to stay in the car while he called a buddy of his on a shift to help him clear out the house. As my dad went up to the house, he noted there were absolutely no footprints leading to or from the door, none in the yard or the backyard. There was no one in the house and no signs that anyone had ever been there. The most terrifying part of this event was that the painted windows had been ripped open. The wood had splintered and we all agreed that no human could have had the strength to do that. On top of being painted shut, my dad also nailed some shut to avoid a draft. These windows were opened as well. We moved after that and I believe that whatever was in that house followed me to the next five places. Story 5 At this house we didn't experience anything too frightening until the end of our stay there. Little things happened throughout the first three years that spooked us a bit but they were harmless. Light switches would click on and off while we watched. The dog would bark and growl at nothing in corners and at the ceiling. My dad would always lose his keys and they would end up in the crawl space that we had under our house. I was terrified of that crawl space. None of us would ever go near it without someone else being there. When I would sleepwalk, I would always end up in the crawl space with the lights off. After the first three years, my mum got really sick and almost died three times on the operating table. With all the stress of watching her go through this, whatever was in the house got stronger and more bold. We would wake up to find pictures of our family smashed or on the ground, scratches on the door that leads to the crawl space, and we'd see shadow figures out of the corner of our vision. Once when I was taking a bath, I was held under the water by my head from what felt like a hand. I knocked all of the bottles off the tub, which alerted my dad. He came in and swears up and down to this day that he saw a disembodied hand holding me under the water. My brother also then got pushed down the stairs, so we finally decided to move house. We moved into a country haven home. My parents never saw the house before they bought it. It was cheap and close to my dad's new posting and that's all that mattered. My parents currently still live there. It has five levels, including two basement levels. I only lived at this house for three years, but had multiple frightening experiences that haunt me still. The most notable was when I was home alone with my dog. I was watching TV in the basement and decided to go get a snack. I left my dog laying on the couch, sleeping. As soon as I hit the kitchen, I heard Charlie barking and snarling at something in the basement. He'd never made those sounds before, so rightly I was scared. I called my dad and begged him to come home because I thought someone was in the house. He told me to run out the front door and go to the neighbours. The problem with that was that I would have to run past the basement and whatever was down there in order to get to the front door. Even running to the side door had the same issue. As I ran past the basement, I saw a shadowy figure standing in front of my dog. Charlie had all the hair on his back standing up. 
When he saw me running, he hightailed out of there too and joined me at the neighbours. My dad came home with his gun and went through the house, but nobody was there. A few days after that experience, I moved out to my university. My parents haven't had any experiences since I've moved out. Thank you for listening to AC Reads. We hope you'll join us in our next video where we'll look at another five scary stories. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful day and I hope you're not too scared to sleep tonight.